does look like now we're in the early stages of another wave of COVID. Welcome, everybody, to one of three roundtables comprised of numerous podcasts within our realm of all things conspiratorial, occult, strange, and thought-provoking. Today, we'll be covering the mother of all conspiracies, Flat Earth. I'm joined by Teresa of Spiritual Gangsters Podcast, Big Country from Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies, and Jonathan and Jacob, the boys from Cult of Conspiracy. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? Hello, y'all. Hello, hello. We should all say hello at the same time. <laughs> Shalom. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I do want to ask you now, before everything kicks off, you said this is the mother of all conspiracies. Now, is that your personal opinion or is that just like what's like the hot topic right now? Basically, if you believe in flat earth, you believe that it has to be the biggest conspiracy of all time, right? I, I guess I get the mother of all maybe maybe the mother of all the roots you know whenever you talk about flat earth there's always an avenue to go down another conspiracy okay i guess that's uh, that's that's where i'm yeah. going with that nasa the dome you know yeah. the government, whatever but then that also leads to hollow earth that also leads to air dimensional that leads to uh what was that other one admiral uh, bird of course it goes to admiral bird and uh, next thing you know you're into geopolitics today it's a tricky slippery slope man yeah yeah that's that's where i'm going with that heard that so before we get this thing going guys i want you all to introduce yourselves uh what show you guys host what show you know what you're all about get to know you if you will we'll, we'll uh well ladies first we'll start we'll start with Teresa. Oh, how nice of you, sir. <laughs> don't assume. Don't assume. <laughs> right? He, him, they, them. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Bro, I oh, almost man. have a drink through my nose. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Dave, for having me on. I am Teresa. I have a show called The Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. Uh, it's relatively new, so, you know, if you haven't checked it out, please do. Um, it's about having cool conversations with awake and aware people talking about things they've been through or, um, you know, personal transformation stories, things like that. It's a little bit of a break from the other shows I co-host on, which is the NY Patriot show uh, and the occult rejects for the odd time. So we're going down occult rabbit holes all the time on there. So that show, Spiritual Gangsters, is a bit of a, a chill break from all the heavy, dark, black magic shit. <laughs> but it's all good. Super dark. It's super dark. No, it's super fun. It's not. It's super fun, but uh, I like it. The weirder, the better, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Big country. Tell the listeners from all our podcasts. I mean, this is the first time I've ever done a swap cast like this where it's multiple, multiple shows, uh, 12 total. So uh, yeah. it's going to be lots of people seeing you yeah. that probably haven't seen you before. Heard that. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Um, 
Big Country from the Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy podcast. One of three hosts, uh, Chris and Boya, are the other co-hosts of the show. And uh, we do a show. Uh, the main topic would be conspiracies. From time to time, we do true crimes, um, cryptids. Those are some fun ones. And we got to eventually throw in some some fun categories. Like we uh, we did a show on wrestling one time. We all grew up in the 90s, watch wrestling. And you got to add some some levity to, you know, satanic pedophiles that are taking over the world. So, um, but we do a show once a week, um, live show once a month. We're on all podcasting platforms, uh, Rockfin. Um, we're on Twitch, all kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Word. Um, we are the Cult of Conspiracy podcast. This is uh, me. My name is Jonathan. I'm and Jacob. Jacob. We've been doing this for about two years. You can find our podcast on all platforms. We're also on Rockfin at um, rockfin.com slash Cult of Conspiracy. Not YouTube for obvious reasons. Duh. Yeah. I mean, we're still there, but yeah. we never post. Um, but yeah, outside of that, we have Instagram. You can check us out there. TikTok. Oh. Um, our TikTok is at Cult of Conspiracy 37 if you want to get some fun little clips. But outside of that, that's us. And I think uh, our show, in a nutshell, is basically, uh, so I am a uh, Marine Corps vet. I am also a Christian. And I have always been a conspiracy nut, even even when I was a kid. Um, so couple all three of those together, throw in a little bit of geopolitics. That's kind of my background into all of this. Jonathan, on the other hand, I am uh, very weird about conspiracies. I go in with a mindset of a hundred percent believing them at first. Like, I feel like that is the best way to understand the mindset of it. Really? You got to go. I mean, that's the way I look at it because it allows me to, to get more curious and, and learn more. You know, if you're instantly calling something stupid or not wanting to look into it or you're just like, oh, it's just a conspiracy, whatever. Like, no, that's the opposite reason of why we started this in the first place was because we wanted to dive deeper. So I kind of just take that mindset on. I'm also a uh, a uh, hypnotherapist. I do past life regressions every so often. Um, I learned from the Dolores Cannon School of uh, uh, QHHT. And so, uh, yeah, I love all the spiritual shit as well. I'm very intrigued by the spiritual gangster. So, also, the fact that we have a marine vet conspiracy head and a hippie spiritualist conspiracy head, and we tend to, nine times out of ten, come up to the exact same conclusion from different angles. And it makes for a fun back and forth, for sure. Yeah, your show's great. That's our show, y'all. <laughs> love listening to it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, dude. For Go all you who don't know, Declassified Dave, one of three. Hush Hush Society, Conspiracy Hour, uh, Mystery Mike, and Slick Frog Sanders have done their own roundtables throughout this series that we're doing. And uh, we are pretty much the same as everybody else that's here. Conspiracy podcasts, uh, fringe science. There's a train in the background blowing its horn. That's really annoying. Um, and uh, true crime, cryptids, all that other stuff. And, you know, you can check us out on audio, video, Rockfin. It's uh, pretty pretty simple. I think people are going to get lots of uh, extra content out of watching these, these episodes. Probably. probably. Now, I did want to ask, uh, so I understand that this is a panel of people that do believe that the Earth is a flat plane, correct? Except for myself. I'm on the fence. You're on the fence. I'm a, a spherist 
or a, a, a heliocentrist. Is that what you called me? Yes, you're a fucking <laughs> globe head. A globe head. Or, Is that uh, the derogatory the, term? Well, worshipper. Like, <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're, okay. It's the globalists. <laughs> But see, that's the thing. You can't say globalist because that's a whole other kind. Yeah, because then you're getting into then you're getting into geopolitics with that as well. Yeah, yeah. The globetards is that what people call them? Is that the- <laughs> no? We don't like that word. No, that one that one gets too too heavy. Well, for the record, that one's not too spicy for me personally. So if anybody <laughs> does, if someone calls me that, even derogatorily, I'm taking it with a grain of salt and a smile. So you're good. Anyway, you so just, yeah, it's just special, dude. You got to call it special these days. You know. I think that's even a bad word now. <laughs> is it? Like, I'm not going to lie. Calling it, like, the special bus, I think, is, like, a no-no. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude, but, like, I think that's against the rules these days as well. Short bus. I mean, a short bus is a short bus. I Dude. It's shorter. I, I got to tell you, my wife works in that department at the at the primary school, and I don't even know what to correctly call her students because I'm afraid to ask. I'll be honest with you, and I don't need to ask because... I don't need to. I'm moving on with life. <laughs> They're all God's. Anyway. They're all God's children. Indeed, exactly. That's what I'm. There you go. This guy gets... <laughs> okay, back to what I was saying though. So I'm the only one right now that can believes in my deepest soul that the Earth is a round, spherish type deal. Everyone else believes it's flat or is on the fence. Correct. I'm teetering. You're on the fence, right? I am uh, in favor of a of non rotational plane. Non-rotational or flat? There's the two oh, so you, flat. Let's just okay. for simplicity's sake. Flat with mountains, right? right. Flat with texture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair. I am a believer in the flat, non-rotating, uh, stationary plane that okay. we would reside Geocentric, on. Geocentric? Would you say, Brian? Yes. Yeah. Geocentric. Yes. Same. All right. I was just going to ask everybody before we got into this a little bit. What, what's your stance on all of it? And uh, my bad. I'm a, no, no. We're all hosts here, so this is a uh, you. You want to take the reins and grab this? You know, like is this what happens when a teacher has to go to a class for something, and it's a classroom full of teachers, and they like all do this shit? Is this how it feels? <laughs> I don't like. It. Can you imagine? I don't know. <laughs> I love that you said we are all hosts here. I want to get straight to the meat and potatoes with this thing. As you do. Um, Jacob believes, the, the his main reason for believing that the Earth is a globe I is because it. of gravity. That's the big one. I need you guys to try and crack him on that. Okay, hold on. Here we up. That's not my biggest <laughs> one, but at the same time, that's a pretty obvious one, right? I could at least get down with some of what Flat Earth says uh, some of the things that y'all have brought up so the fact that nasa's full of shit the fact that the no image from space that we've ever seen has ever been actual it's all been uh photoshopped like all yo flat earthers are on some shit like i'm not i'm not knocking the fucking game you know but that being said dot 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 i have not to date found a model of a flat earth that gravity that we know of, like as far as the laws of gravity, math that equates with gravity that we use for science and physics, where there's whole fields around, I don't see a playing field where that can work on a flat surface. Like funded, that. funded science, by the way. We just talked about this. That has no nothing to do with the gravity, bro. 
Where the money goes on this one has nothing to do with why this hits the ground when I drop it. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I can't talk him into it. I need y'all's help with this one. I dig it. Brian, you want to go? Uh, now, if, if we, so we're going to start with specifically with gravity. Is that is that what we're is that the the question that's posing? Let's let's go. Let's jump off something. So gravity is an interesting one, um, because uh, it is a theory, right? Um, and to answer like what is gravity i don't i don't think we have an answer for what gravity is um i think it's the same way that we can explain um because i'm an electrician so am i oh right sparkies of the united States. Yeah, I was say, i'm an instrument tech electrician by trade are you what do you do mainly uh commercial and industrial okay so yeah i'm yeah. industrial so fuck it. okay yeah hell yeah um i i had a professor when i was still an, an apprentice tell me uh, something about electricity and it kind of didn't necessarily make sense at the time but with where my brain's at now it makes a little bit more sense and he said that as far as electricity is concerned like we know how to harness it we know how to control it we know how to manipulate it and distribute it but what is it no fucking clue and at the time it didn't make a whole lot of sense but um with where i'm at now as far as my kind of having an understanding of how the world or i like how I think the world operates. Um, it makes a lot more sense. And I think gravity is along the same lines. Is it a, is it a force that's, that's pushing down on us uh, at a constant rate of like, it's 9.8 meters per second squared or something like that. Um, I, I don't know because what's interesting uh, as far as the heliocentric model is concerned, they don't classify gravity as a force anymore. They classify it as a bending of space and time. Um, and there's two problems with that. One, um, time is not a linear moving thing. So I don't know how you would quantify bending time. Um, space in our model, I would say flat earth model is non-existent in the way at least it's described because outer space would be a second, uh, a violation of the second law of thermodynamics. Um, but there is a constant pushing down, but in their definition, it's not a force, but it acts like a force. Uh, they just don't define it that way anymore. Newton was the first one that said that there's a force that pushes down, but it's a couple hundred years old now and um, they define it differently. So uh, I look at it as if we live on a flat plane and possibly under a dome, there is no need to keep me on the ground, right? Gravity only has to exist if you believe that we are living on a ball where people are upside down and there's no containment, right? Something has to be pulling us down, but gravity gets a little hairy because it's very picky choosy. Gravity can hold trillions of gallons of water stuck to a spinning ball, but it seems to have an issue with helium or birds or gnats or anything that flies. Um, none of us can fly, but if I get into a container with a bunch of helium balloons, I'll float. Um, so it seems it to be that it, it affects certain things sometimes, but not all the time. And I think that leads a lot of evidence to suggest that in a flat area with a dome over us, uh -huh. there's no need to keep us on the ground because by picking something up and dropping it on the ground, you're simply just taking out of it, it out of its leak equilibrium. Um, so we're, we're the force that's affecting that. Like if I never pick something up, it will never drop. Um, no, but it's already on the ground. That's a law of gravity. That's a law of matter. It's an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by another force. 
Right. Well, and what I just want to add on that real quick is that the interesting thing about that is um, because they say uh, mass attracts mass, except for there is not one single explanation or example, not explanation, example of mass attracting mass on Earth. There is no mass attracting mass. So that's a fallacy. Just like a, a like a question you can ask yourself, like Brian touched on, you know, why does the ocean stay intact, connected to the ball of the earth, but 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 the ship floating on the surface doesn't get pulled down or when you float on top of the surface. There's a thing called buoyancy. Right. There's also the fact that water has a elastic membrane that connects it to itself. Water also has a memory. It will take shapes in and of itself. Uh, I showed Jonathan this experiment, as a matter of fact. You could take you a cup of water, and you could fill it up to the absolute brim. And when you drop certain small things in it, the water will bubble up over the cup but not spill out of the cup. And you could do this for a little while. It will finally give way. But why does the water stick to itself in that capacity? Because that's the properties of water. That's why it's to itself on the ball and is being sucked, not sucked, I would say pulled to the mm-hmm. center of that ball. And ships can float on top of it because of water's membrane. That's kind of the principle of water. Buoyancy is a prax- uh, principle. But I did want to bring up something that you said a second ago as well. Uh, Brian, is it? Yeah, you can call me Brian. That's that's my real name. That's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, I heard her say it earlier, and I was like, okay, I'm trying to remember. His, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So, kind of touching on a couple of topics that you brought up. Mm-hmm. As far as space is concerned, I agree that there is a lot more going on than what we have been led to believe. Like, I'm fully with you on that. I also don't mm-hmm. believe that space is necessarily a vacuum. I believe that it is more or less a fluid that we don't exactly have that could fit neatly on our periodic table. Um, and what I mean by fluid in the, and I mean it like I would use it in the industrial senses, like for where I work, a fluid does not necessarily have to be a liquid, okay? It could be a gas. It could, chlorine gas, if it's being pumped through a pipe from point A to point B, it is now a fluid moving through a pipe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I believe the space is something more along the lines of that, but that's like, a talk. Like for, the waters above, you mean? Like I'm saying, it's a fluid, not necessarily a liquid, not necessarily a gas. Maybe it is a whole separate uh, state of matter. Right. Not a solid liquid gas. Maybe it's some other like a fourth element or something that doesn't fit. And in order to get to that liquid or that uh, what were you calling it? Fluid. 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 In order to get to that fluid, you would have to like poke through something. Right. Hold on. We'll get to firmament in a minute, Jonathan. I already (laughs) hear your balls tingling. Calm down. Now, (laughs) Now, we've been actually back and forth on the firmament thing for about three episodes now. And I've been trying. No, no, we're getting there in a minute. I want to. I could had some points, bro. All right, go ahead. My bad. <laughs> and now I forgot them. Uh, Earth or the uh, space? Is yeah, yeah, a... yeah. We talked about space. Then we were talking about. Uh, you were saying how you had a couple of really good ones, and I had counterpoints that I wanted to hear your rebuttal to, and I lost them all. Uh, um, space is a violation of the second law of thermodynamics, dynamics, which is what I I touched on with the uh, whole space thing. and time, maybe the bending of space and time. No, I agree with that as well. I'm not necessarily sure that that can exist in what we call reality, or at least this dimension of reality. But that's a talk for another day as well. Um, oh well. What is your main? What is what is another main argument that you have? Well, as far as gravity is concerned, you were talking about. Oh yes, now I got it. Okay, we're talking about how electricity. We know yep. how to manipulate it. We know how to harness it. We can store it. We can everything, but we don't exactly know 
what it is in its essence. We we understand a lot about it. We understand the math. About right. It. Yeah. So would you then say that it is the theory of electricity? For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like we we even know what it's made up of, but that doesn't mean we know what it is. Exactly. But within that theory, do we not have laws? Ohm's law, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in that same sense, we have the theory of gravity and we have laws of gravity within them that we can equate and quantify and mathematically prove that this is true. Yes, it's missing a couple of checkboxes to make it a confirm, but yes, we understand that it is a fact. Same mm -hmm. thing with the atomic theory, right? For, and that goes into the point that you brought up about how certain things can float, certain things sink. How is helium going up there? It's because it's lighter than air. It's literally lighter so than So no air. gravity required then? No, it's lighter. The gravity pulls it, but that's like saying that this vape weighs the same as this water bottle because they both exist here. They're not the same thing. They weigh different things. Helium is different than oxygen. They weigh different things. Helium doesn't go out and go into space. It goes out until it finds its buoyancy in our atmosphere, and it stops. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that the interesting thing about that, though, is if there's a theory of gravity and then there's laws of gravity, the only issue with that is I know how to violate those laws very easily. And things do it all the time. Give me an example. Well, helium, for one. That would be the atomic theory. That's that's literally just mass. That's not even breaking the law. So maybe it's not gravity. Maybe it's just mass and buoyancy and volume. But those things affect gravity. Like you said, you can break those laws. There's things you can... Okay, for instance, we can't fly, but I can get in a plane. That's not breaking the law. That's using innovation. Birds fly because of the laws of flight. But then you have bees that break every known law of aviation, but somehow fly anyway. I'm not saying there's not cracks in the matrix, bro. I mean, I, I guess... I, I kind of see what you're saying, but, but the issue is, is like when I earlier brought up, I said like gravity is very picky and choosy, right? Which, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because water also, also will not conform to the exterior of a shape, only the interior of a shape. Correct. Um, now, if you look at something like the Nile, right? Right. If you don't you know that, that joke about Disney, like if you don't know you're in the longest river in the world, you're in denial. Um, <laughs> the Nile actually flows south to north which you could just say oh elevation right but if you look at the globe it's flowing up the ball yeah it is the nile river is the only river on earth that flows backwards yeah and it is still a natural phenomenon and they have people that claim they understand why it does that we don't bro it's one of them things those are like the scientists that say like oh sharks don't like the way people taste uh fucking how do you know that you ever ask one yeah, what's your palate like as a shark? What are you talking about? Maybe they just don't like when they get punched or kicked when they fucking bite somebody. I don't know. I think the scientists to say that they're the ones that are like, well, humans aren't a natural food source for sharks. And it's like, okay, fine. The only animal on earth that sees a human and thinks food is the polar bear. Fine. You got me on that. But I guarantee a shark tastes blood and likes it just the same. I promise. Yeah. You. So you're saying with the Nile moving from south to north, could that, is there, is there another exit from the Nile in that continent other than the Mediterranean Sea? Or does it start in the middle of the continent and then comes out to the Mediterranean? Yeah. Could that be? It pretty much starts in Africa and goes out to the Mediterranean. Yeah. So could that be because that's the body of water, water it flows into, that that's the reason why it does that? Oh, yeah, no, no, it does. It flows into the Mediterranean. But see, I would even go with the theory of uh, like a crazy ancient spring and that's what feeds the Nile River, some shit like that. But they just never gave an answer for that one. 
It's just, mm-hmm. it's like, who built the pyramids, bro? Not <laughs> slaves. Hate to break it to you. You really would. <laughs> Ain't no way. I'm sorry. That's a whole other show. Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Well, actually, it's related to this, I would say, in a I way. I think so, right? That's why it's the mother of all conspiracies. It all ties back oh, into everything. I'll tell, tell you what. Good points. Let's talk about the pyramids and how that leads into this flat earth talk. Let's put gravity to the side for two seconds, okay? Okay. Let's talk astronomy, dog. Let's talk stars, okay? The pyramid. Oh, I got a good one with you guys for you on this very topic. It's interesting you bring this up, but Dave, you remember in the chat, I was like, dude, I, I just heard this craziest theory, yeah. but I was like, I'll save it for the chat. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Well, I was going to say, you know, the great pyramids were built to mirror the three stars in the sky. And that led me to the thought process of explain how a dude in Australia is looking at completely different stars than I am on this side. And I can see what he's seeing through a phone, which maps out correctly with what I'm supposed to see according to the globish chart. Uh, Teresa, you want to go or do you? Okay. Well, it kind of, sure. I have, uh, well, it's kind of in a way how it, flat earth theory clicked in my brain. Um, cause for a long time I couldn't like visualize it. That was my issue. I was like, I don't understand, like, how does this look? Um, but what really sold me on it was the idea of Polaris. So, you know, if you guys have ever seen video of like, you know, those star rings, like if you leave a camera out and time lapse it and all night long, it's like Polaris is in the center and then all the other stars are rotating around Polaris. Right. Okay. That's cool. And everything. So on a globe model, if, if we are, in fact, rotating around the sun, you know, once a year and spinning every 24 hours on our axis, as they claim, why then do the stars make star rings around Polaris? The sky should look like a cacophony every Good night. Word. Good it word. should. It really should. If we, if we are traveling, in fact, a thousand miles per hour spinning on our axis, 66,000 miles per hour around the sun. How the fuck do the stars look the same every single fucking year, every single day, around rotating around one central point in the sky? And wobbling on an axis. And and the axis was supposed to be rotating as a well. A blade spheroid, too. I've never seen a picture like you're talking about. Oh, man, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could screen share right now, but I don't think I can. But, um, yeah, if you just, like, Google it after the show, just Google, like, Polaris time lapse. I'm definitely going to because that I'm not saying like, oh, you're wrong. But like, yo, when I see my own eyes, like this is that's fascinating. That is fascinating. And how how did, um, you know, uh, sailors in ancient times, mm-hmm. they used to use the North Star to navigate. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're changing rotation and uh, our uh, position on the Earth every day a little bit, how come it's always in the same spot? Does Polaris move with the like it's in the general same spot, but if we're if in the rotation of that wobble, the procession, I guess you'd say, we would would it still be in a relatively same spot, and that's how they can follow it, especially navigating back in the day, or also with those pictures that you see where you see the rings, is that mm-hmm. just because that telescope is positioned on that? Could you do that with another star? And then do a time lapse of it and have it be a similar image, or would it be like a, a mishmash of just light? I'm not sure. All right, so I'm looking at these pictures like you're talking about. And first of all, they are wild, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's cool shit. 
I don't like all the inconsistencies I'm seeing. Like the same general principle is the same. And I understand certain nights you can see more stars than others and, you know, mm-hmm. light pollution. I, I get all that. Yes. But it seems like some of these were, I really don't want to like, I hope this is true. Like I really, really want this to be true. Cause that's legit. But it looks like some of these are like, you just look at the night sky and somebody just like spun their camera real quick and took a screenshot and put it online. Maybe so, try looking up video later on, like yeah, I'm sure someone yeah. would have the full the full time lapse or whatever. I wish he could screen share, but I know. Also, if you you know leave out a camera overnight, say not looking at Polaris, say in the you know desert of Utah or something where it's really yeah. you can see a lot of stars, uh, and you leave your camera out, I mean it could be a trick of perception, but to me it looks like the camera is still and the sky is moving. That's what mm-hmm. it looks like to me. Oh, now I'm looking at one of these. Uh, I'm looking at one of the videos now. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really interesting is is Star Trails um, is a, is a difficult question to answer without visual representation because it's just it's just easier to to break down when you're able to describe it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've seen a lot of great videos that do a, a pretty pretty good job at breaking it down. We we actually put one of the videos uh, um, on our Instagram and the the guy that's doing this particular one because there's a lot of different answers out there, but. Uh, there are something called uh, crepuscular rays and then anti-crepuscular rays. And it's just the way our eyes work and, and, and how everything comes to a central focal point. So in the morning, right, when the sun is coming up, the rays go from our eyes up and out. And then when the sun uh, is going down, it's the opposite way. They're coming down, right? That's just the way our eyes work and how. And um, what's really interesting about that is depending on where you are on the, on Earth, uh, the stars will create those star trails that you guys are just seeing, but it'll be at a different angle. So it's not always circular, right? If I'm looking this way and I'm at the southernmost part of Australia, they'll be coming at like a 45 degree angle. And then if you go here, they're the other way. Um, And the video does a great job of breaking it down. And it's really hard to do like to show without. Wait, doesn't the angle prove that we're on a sphere? No, No, it just changes relative to your position on the earth plane. Yeah, it's just relative to your positioning. That's that's my point. It's relative to your positioning. You're looking at Polaris from a different place if you're in Australia versus here. The angle of all of that would be different on a sphere. That also on a flat plane. Okay, so it's a it's a point that works in both. All right, it works in both. Sure, yeah, yeah it does work so. in both. Just quickly relating it back to the pyramid thing, like to me, I'm not as you know interested in the scientific aspect and the factual aspect maybe as like Brian is because he's really good at that. To me, I'm more interested in like the symbolic aspect of flat Earth versus a heliocentric model. So to me, it's like all these ancient civilizations who we could say maybe, you know, you're a Christian Jonathan, right? You said? I so, am. Jacob. Okay. Jacob. Oh, sorry. Jacob. Sorry, my bad. Jacob. <laughs> okay. But uh, going into like the theory of, you know, Book of Enoch and the Fallen Angels, right? Do Where do we get the idea of sun worship from? All these ancient societies, Babylonian, Sumerian, Greek, Roman, Egyptian. Yeah, it makes sense. But are they telling us the truth? I guess it would work in both models as well, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That for sure works. But think of humankind, flat or globe, either way. Uh Think of its earliest form. The sun warms them. The sun gives them plant life that they eat. The sun gives them animals that eat the plant life that they eat. So literally their entire life revolves around the sun. 
So yeah. naturally, of course, they would worship the sun because it gives them everything. And of course, whenever you look at man and woman and humankind of this earliest form, you have a sun, you have a moon, obviously mm -hmm. a masculine and a feminine. And then we get that. Now, what would be the most miraculous thing to a caveman ever? A virgin birth. So with a virgin birth in all of these different aspects and all these different cultures, of course, this makes sense. It goes down the list. So that mm -hmm. works in all models, in my opinion. It does in a way. However, I think ancient cultures would have understood more of a geocentric flat earth model, which we see, you know, it depicted in Egyptian art um, and other cultures. But the idea of rotating around the sun and making the sun the center of everything that goes against our actual natural observable senses is a more modern invention. And who are the ones who are the modern, you know, cults? The globalists. Why do they call them globalists? Right. <laughs> it's like the globe Hello. model. I think it just, it's to take us away from the idea of us being at the center of God's creation and us being so important to God. It really discombobulates your mind when you think about it. Because it does, it does go against a lot of your observable senses. But skydiving goes against every sound moral judgment you've ever had in your life. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go fucking skydiving. I'm not fucking doing no, no, that. Right. That, was, that was a joke. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like, okay, and just because it goes against your natural senses doesn't mean it's not real. We can't see air, but we can't live without it. True. I'm just saying, I don't know. Those Luciferians, they like to do some shady shit. Oh, no doubt. I'm not saying that NASA is not full of them, and I'm not saying that our education system is not brainwashing us from the very basic understanding of symbolism and Satanism to the top. I'm with you a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, earliest man, earliest religions, which also fascinate me to no end. I have lately been getting super into the, uh, the secret occult of Jupiter. And also, there was this, like, super fringe cult of Dionysus, which bruh i'm gonna have to tell you about them later okay i i'm hoping that this was like a fucking parody article and not an actual like source incited and peer-reviewed thing because good god almighty i'm a fan of the zoroastrianism the oldest no religion still operating yeah yeah i'm a fan of that name the god from one. it zoro <laughs> <laughs> For the record, i couldn't name him either i know what his figure looks like couldn't name him okay no way. anyway <laughs> You had some crazy, crazy story, bro. Let's hear it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. So this is like, I was talking to a coworker about this. We were talking about flat earth and all that stuff. And he actually brought this up that he said he had heard it on another um, show that he was listening to. And I have no evidence what to support this whatsoever. I just think it's a very interesting theory considering that um, my view of flat earth is stationary flat non-rotating now what is the three-dimensional shape of that is it rectangular is it infinite um i do believe that there is evidence to suggest a dome but i don't have any tangible proof of that um more circumstantial looking at like operation high jump project dominic um and then all this stuff right um but if you entertain the idea that past antarctica there is more land i fully believe in that right Yep. Um, now, cause we've been asked before about the, in this model of flat earth that like, what are the planets? Well, I don't know. I have no, idea. they're lights, big shiny lights up in the sky, right? Similar to the sun and the moon, right? The Bible says 
the greater light to rule the day, a lesser light to rule the night, right? Is it terra firma? Is it just a light? Well, I have no idea. Um, but this, the, the, we, we know that the sun tells you what time of the day it is, right? The, the stars tell you what month it is. The moon tells you what day of the month it is and it resets every year. So it's a big clock, right? But it would also be apparent that the planets, um, operate on a cyclical pattern. Sometimes we can see them. Sometimes we don't, they come around every so often or whatever. And generally speaking, you have to have something magnified to, to see it. Right. So the theory is, is that, okay, other lands past Antarctica, the planets are their moons. Oh, damn. Which, which is why we could only see it sometimes on its cyclical pattern. Right. And at very best, we need something with 50 magnification, 100 magnification to even make out what Saturn is. Right. Um, and this idea that like uh, the, the planets are spherical, I don't know that. Like, I don't know that any more than they say that the moon is spherical. I don't believe that because the moon's an interesting one that we only see one side ever. Right. Okay. See, that's the thing. Even as a globalist or whatever, blah, 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 the sphere person. Yo, I have to agree with flat earthers on their. I don't know whatever derogatory term for the. I'll say globehead. Okay, so it's not it's not reflecting. Like I said, even as a globehead, y'all on some shit now. And and Jacob, let me because because I myself am a Christian. Not I'm non denominational, and I don't I don't really go to church because it gets a little weird and culty and stuff, but. I more or less have a relationship with my creator, but I mean, it's like, I, I read the Bible, but I also have the Quran in my house because I try to read what everything that's out there and then make my own discernment. But I feel like you and I get down, dude, I'm not going to lie. You sound like you cut the same cloth as me. You know what I'm saying, dude? But, but see, like for me and I, and I get into, I don't say like arguments, but religious like people, strict religious people have a huge problem with the flat earth because they say it's not biblical. Now, we can go through all the verses that would suggest that. But I also read the Bible very literally unless I absolutely understand that it's um, a story or, or, a, parable or a parable or something like that. Right. But like when I read something like Joshua 10, 12 through 14, I read it literally which I have right here and I'll read for you guys. Now, if you're an atheist, you're like, eh, whatever. Um, right. But it says here, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, sun stand till over, stand still over Gideon and moon in the valley of Ajolan. Uh, verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. I read that literally. Yeah, that really literally happened. It's been scientifically proven too. That that God stopped the sun and the moon. But in the heliocentric model, the sun never moves. Yeah. We do and the moon does. I hear you. Oh. So I, I literally read that though. Mm -hmm. But okay, literally read it from the perspective of a guy circa one thousand BC who just held his hands up in the sky and the shit stopped moving. How would you write that down? Because what happened is not a lie. Like, God's word did make it through. The point of the story happened, whether you believe he stopped the earth or stopped the sun and moon. You see what I'm saying? It's not like it's okay. amongst the Bible. So now if you read Genesis and it says that God created the heavens and the earth, right? 
Mm-hmm. If I believe that literally, it means boom, there's heaven, there's there's terra firma, now there's earth. And then on day three, mm. day three, he put the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for three whole days, let's just say, I don't know, couldn't I, I, I'd have to so look, I, said, I don't remember. Light on day one. Right. So, okay, so there's light, but he doesn't, he said, let there be light. And God saw the light and that the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And then God called the light day and the darkness night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. Then uh, verse 14 this is on the third day. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens and divide the day from the night and let the signs of the seasons and the four days and the years. Pause, 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 real quick. I do want to give this caveat, and this is not to take away from what you're saying, because I mm-hmm. believe all of this word for word. However, mm-hmm. keep in mind that this was the author of this book writing down what God told him to write down to the best of his human abilities with his imagination of what it was per that time B.C. Okay, and I'll, I'll answer that point here in a sec, but if I read that literally, it means God essentially forgot to spin the earth around the sun that hadn't been created yet. <laughs> now, if you're saying that the author is writing this circa BC to the best of his knowledge, as God is telling him, the only problem I have with that is that's assuming that ancient religions and ancient peoples were actually less sophisticated than we are when we already know with our today's technology and science and all that stuff, we still can't answer what they did and how they did it. Oh, I'm not taking away from ancient religions at all. I believe that every religion, every culture, every faith has had its good and bad, ups and downs, its innovatives, and its... Um, Opposite of innovative, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, incest babies. Call that what you want to call that. Put term to term. Anyway, all I'm saying is that, yeah, I'm not taking away from any of them. However... I also look at the Bible because we're, and and again, I know for anybody who's listening, that's not a Christian. This is like a huge wash for you. I get it. Give me two seconds. I take the Bible as my portion. Okay. I believe that it is what God wanted me to receive. It is not more than I need. It is not less than I need. I believe that I can't handle the whole message that God has. I believe I can't fathom the awesome might of whatever the hell he, it is. Because my human brain cannot contemplate that, okay? Mm-hmm. That being said, I also think that the Bible is exactly what I am supposed to receive, just like the Hebrews got when they left. They got manna from the sky. It was not more or less than what they needed. It was their portion. That being said, and not, I'm not trying to say that that's a cop-out for your, your question, but basically it answered the question to what we needed it to answer the question per God's message. Now we have science mm-hmm. uh, to answer for all the other questions as to the hows, and we have our faith to answer the questions as to the why. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't God just make it clear in that story if he wanted us to understand that we are rotating around the sun, why wouldn't he say he created the sun and then created the earth to go around the sun? Like why, why wouldn't he do that? Okay, in the entire book, he spent that much time talking about it. That's how important it was. That's how much he wanted us to dig in on that. Okay. Well, it was also the first thing he told him to write yeah. down. My <laughs> point. He answered the question by Genesis 5. We are over that and moved on to whole other things. Right. But doesn't he also say that he set the earth on pillars? Where? It does. I know that the... And the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, that's Revelation 7. One. It does indeed. Which I cannot wait to dive in on my spinoff podcast. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Which, dude, you need. I might need to get with you on this too. It's gonna be about biblical end time prophecy and how it relates to geopolitics in the world today. Ooh. No opinion at all. Like I'm taking my opinions completely out of it. 
I'm just presenting the scripture. I'm presenting that area of the world today. And I'm just letting the, the listener do what they do with that. I dig it. Yeah. Okay. So Samuel chapter two, verse eight, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. Yeah, he's talking about a parable of bringing poor people to the rich because that's how much God loves you. We're we're kind of we're into the realm of of metaphors and hyperboles here. I mean, I suppose if you categorize that as a as a hyperbole, but I mean, you could even look at the book of Enoch, which I know the council of Nicaea took that out of the Bible. For sure. And there's there's chapters in Enoch that say um a lot of this, the same things to talk, you know, separating the waters from above and below and, and all that stuff. And I, I mean, in, in, I understand the point that you're making about the, uh, rudimentary aspect of, here's what I want you to write down. Here's what you need to know. And you guys can figure out the rest later. Um, but you know, there's, there's issues because if, if I believe, I mean, I believe that, that God is all knowing, right. Sure. He knows that not only is are they going to twist his words written down, they being whoever they are, I don't know, fallen ones, Nephilim, watchers, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, I know that they're also going to name all of these other planets, we'll call them, uh, after demigods that will create false worship of false idols. I know that's going to happen. So don't even write that part down. I just find that hard. He doesn't write it down. He even mentions that he's going to kill all other gods because he's a jealous God. He didn't mean that literally as if he's going to go battle Poseidon. He meant he's going to wipe the religion off the face of the earth. I I mean, I understand that, but then there's also, of course, we know that, that um, the Nephilim that, that bred with human women, right? Yep. Um, of course, my wife is RH negative. She's got some of that shit in her, but Ooh, she got that alien blood. You got yeah, Nephilim she's... wife. Mm. Yeah, she got that Nephilim <laughs> wife. You know what I mean? Um, Your kids have red hair or what? No, no, no. She's got red. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, bro, y'all gonna have some legit wildling babies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, her sister has red hair, and and my mom had red hair when she was born, and I was like, if we get a redheaded kid, I swear to God, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> So, but we know that that bloodline made it through the flood, right? Because at mm-hmm. that time, God was like, dude, this is all you got. And I was like, well, this is like the least sinful that we have. So I guess we'll take them as wives. Um, I mean, it's, I, I, I guess it's like, uh, you could go back and forth on that topic for days. Like, why did he leave this out? Why did he, it's like, why didn't you talk about Sega Genesis then? You know what I mean? But it's. <laughs> Well, it's just I believe that that's why the human brain only uses like 14% of itself because we're so inbred from literal jump street. I think God kind of did that on purpose because he's like, oh, shit, I made him a little too smart. Let me go ahead and handle that real quick. <laughs> I think that's what the Neanderthals were. Yeah, like a fucking hard reset, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I 100% does. I, I 100% like the The theory of evolution to me, like is the dumbest thing I've ever, not just because I believe in a creator. Right. I'm like, dude, my wife's hot. No way she fucking came from a monkey, but just, <laughs> but to believe like that we just crawled out of the water one day and we're like, fuck it. I guess I'm, I'm down to breathe now. You know, it was just, it's kind of silly to me, but like, I think that that's what the, the, the Neanderthals were. The Neanderthals were inbreds. 
right? That's because that's all you had. That's all that. That's the only option you had was to like fuck your sister or whatever. But and I like the theory that uh, as far as evolution goes, as far as adaptation, right? Not full species change, but like okay, people in the north of Europe, their bodies developed a different type of way because they're in a different environment than people that are sub-Saharan Africa. Over time, their bodies do that. That makes perfect sense to me. But to go from monkey to human, I also want to know why are there still monkeys? That one's never it doesn't work. Doesn't work that way, bro. Right, right, right. That is it. That is an interesting conversation. You mentioned something about sub-Saharan Africa. Have you guys heard of the Zulu tribe? Oh, bro, yeah. I know all yeah. about the Zulu tribe. Yeah. Wow. So one question that I've had, we talked about it in our Hollow Moon. We talked about it in both our Flat Earth episodes. Why? Why did they believe? that the moon wasn't there in the beginning. And then when it came, it brought the, it rained down onto the earth fluid in itself, you know? So that's, and you mentioned it a, a little while ago about like why it's very suspicious that we only see one side, but is it a natural object? If it is a Terra object, or I've seen some interviews with scientists saying it's could be possibly plasma or just a, a light source, the moon is really suspicious. And I really think overall between if you're a flat earther, no matter what model you believe, and if you're somebody who's on a globe and that model you believe, everybody can agree that the moon is one of the most suspicious things about what we can see observably and planets itself. I do like that theory, though, that planets could possibly be far away moons. Like I said, nothing to support it other than like my belief that there is extra land. And I'm like, well, if they have extra land, that means they got to have some type of light source, right? Then that would make a lot of sense to me, you know. I wanted to, I know because we were kind of getting off on a little bit of a tangent, I wanted to bring it back just a little bit to Flat Earth. Um, are you guys familiar with something called um, the Black Swan argument, like in Flat Earth itself? No. no. So, um, you guys could probably search an image of this. Just type in black swan flat earth. And uh, this this was brought to my attention through um, a debate channel that is on YouTube. Um, Nathan Oakley, 1980, does a debate every day on flat earth. They're going on like three or four years now, something like that. And this is more of a scientific aspect of, of the flat earth debate where um, if you believe the earth is a globe um, with a given number of miles, it, its radius is... Um, uh, 3959 2959 i'm gonna double check here just to make sure i'm not out on my foot in my mouth but um essentially there's a, a an equation that they've come up with using simple trig uh it's called the um modus tollens ar argument um if p then q right Say that one more time. the modus tollens argument okay um it's if p then q it's just another way of saying like if a then b right okay. um but uh, this one really intrigued me because, oh, it's 3959. Okay. So the black swan argument says that if the, the heliocentric model is correct, right, then the earth is a sphere with a radius of 3959 miles in circumference. This, then, then the horizon must be, right, because then that would mean that the horizon, at least in the heliocentric model, is a physical location. Then the horizon must be no more than 1.225 times the square root of the observer's height and feet. Now that that sounds like a lot, right? But the argument is is formulated if p then q, if not q, therefore not p. Now, if you look up the image, you might be able to find it. The equation that they go through is 
Okay. If the earth is a radius of 3959, then the horizon can be no more than 1.225 times the square root of the observer's height and feet. And um, the particular image that they have where they took this photograph, right? So the observer's height is five feet. It's actual. So the maximum distance based on that equation, based on the heliocentric's math for what the radius of the globe Earth should be, that means the maximum distance of a geohometric horizon is 2.37 miles. The only problem with that is in this particular photograph, the platform to the closest, the closest platform to the observer is 6.2 miles away. And then the platform, the second platform away is 9.41 miles away. And then the horizon is behind that. I don't want to sound like a, a particular guest we've had on the show before, mm-hmm. but that picture could easily be doctored. Sure. Absolutely. And I, Absolutely, you know, I, it could be. I don't, I don't want to be that guy when it comes to like debunking shit like this. I like to like really roll with it. You know what I mean? And like have mm-hmm. something, but as I'm looking at this picture and I see it was a snapshot from a YouTube video, I get that. But, ah, man, listen, I know actual distances and I'm telling you, there's no way that that rig is three miles away from that next rig. That's an, I'm saying maybe, maybe like a thousand meters. Well, I would say it's. I would say it's actually farther because you can't see the bottom of the rig. Dude, have you ever been near those rigs? Which rigs are these? Are these the ones off Huntington Beach? Um, no, I believe this is taken off the Island of Man, if I'm not mistaken. This is Platform Hill House and then Platform Habitat. And it also depends on where in the world this is, like you said, because, for instance, Asian drilling rigs, uh, with the Asian mother they have to get that oil, they don't have to drill deep at all, and they don't have to go high up in the air either. However, to get Gulf of Mexico oil, you have to go super high up because we get hurricanes and shit too. But when, when the Asian oil fields get typhoons, they just pull up, ship, and roll. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. They don't even have to dig that deep to get oil. Now it's trash oil, but, I mean, hey, they're running China with it. <laughs> kind of, I guess. Well, and like right. just to support Brian's point, I think that he's trying to make is, you mm. know, if you were if you take the calculations from NASA itself about the curvature and how mm. much the curvature is supposed to progress, I don't honestly, I'm sorry, I don't remember like what the equation is. But for example, like you shouldn't be able to see across Lake Michigan because the earth should be dipping down, but you can, you know, with like a telescope or whatever it is, binoculars, I don't know. But there are so many examples like that around the world, you know. You shouldn't be able to see uh, Rochester from Toronto. That's where I'm from. But you can on a clear day. Really? Yes. Yeah. It, wow. I right. didn't know that. Yeah. And so I guess the argument would be mm-hmm. either you think that that, you know, the Earth actually is flat. And that you can see that from that distance on specific days where the temperature is just right, even if it's just that, right? Uh You either believe that or you believe that somehow the math is wrong, that somebody, the calculations don't make sense. Oh, I'll agree with like Brian said, me and you have talked about this as well, bro. Like I'm very, like the earth could be bigger than what they've told us. You know that's, what I'm saying? That's a point that I've thought about a lot. Very well could be, absolutely. There is no way that I could ever verify that, and it also holds true to the flat and the globe model. Right, and that's what a lot of these points make, is not so much that the Earth is flat, but maybe it could suggest 
I mean, in most people's eyes, a more believable idea would be that, okay, maybe it's just bigger then. Or like Antarctica, for instance, is an ice wall holding back the rest of the fucking planet that we're on, bro. Now, I could see that, too. I don't know uh, what picture we had seen just recently. It was basically like the flat Earth uh, map model. Yeah. And then it showed Antarctica. But then on the outer ring of that was a more continent, another ice wall, more continents. And it was on a massively bigger sphere. Huge planet. Yeah. But the problem with that one was the whole sun and moon vibe with the dome and the firmament and shit didn't exactly check out. However, it did get my brain cooking on what that could potentially be. And how that could really equate to something that we don't even know about, bro. Well, most flat earthers bring up that this both the sun and the moon are quite possibly and probably local. I see. That's another thing I cannot understand with the flat earth community. How, there's no way that the sun and moon are inside of our firmament, if y'all believe that as well. Well, mm-hmm. do you believe the sun that you see in the sky is 93 million miles away? That's how, long, that's how far yeah. they say it is. Yeah, I'm, as far as the distance goes, I'm kind of meh with it. Like, it could totally be that far, or maybe it's closer. Eh. It's whatever. I don't know. To me, like, a lot of the numbers that NASA, and like, the official numbers that they give us, whether they're true or not true, maybe it's a bigger sphere, maybe it's an expansive plane, I don't know. But the numbers that they give us yeah. are very occult. Oh, yeah, no, I don't believe pretty much anything NASA says, especially when they start talking their math shit. It's like, all right, bro. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying it's like it goes back to those ancient cults. Like, why are you telling me that everything is a 666 and a 66.6 and a 93? Like, what is this, fucking Crowley Thelema? Well, it's no, it's Nazi Germany, which is super big with the dark occult magic. Right, totally. And when did NASA start? Right after World War II. When, when, all, the, when all the Nazi scientists came over to America and other parts of the world. Absolutely. So... Absolutely. And this is my big problem. My big problem is is that we know all of these things. We're all conspiracy theorists here. We all know all of these things about NASA. How many coincidences does there have to be before we start looking at them like they are lying liars? Because that's all they do. Okay, hold on. on. Right. Well, the thing is, I think we can all agree that they're not telling us the truth about the shape of the Earth, the size of the Earth, whatever it is. Everything. But what about the vaccine? (laughs) <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. What about Mars, and effective. What about the uh, dick on Mars, though? <laughs> you know about this, right? No. Dude, a couple years back, a guy hijacked the fucking Mars rover and with tire tracks drew a big old dick on Mars surface. He got arrested for this shit, bro. You mean Devon, <laughs> Devon Island in Canada? That's, that's where Mars is filmed, yeah. I'm pretty sure. You want to know? Yes. On Devon Island. I'm pretty sure. That's what, they, that's what they say about Mars, is that it's really somewhere in Canada, bro. I don't know. All I'm saying is that was a story that was pumped out. The dude was arrested for it. And look, if what they say about Mars is true, they can't fix that. Because it's just the tire prints are going to be there for all of eternity now. So I hope it's true just for the troll factor of it. That's right, it. right. <laughs> the mark the mark of humans is just a giant dick. Yes, yes. <laughs> the marine in me is happy at that, okay? And and Dave and Theresa, I know I sent you this to, this to you in the chat about that uh, that USA Today fact checker that reached out to us about the article or not the article but the video that we posted, and then she wrote an article about it, and I was like, dude, we're fucking famous, bro. <laughs> um, but to Jacob and Jonathan, I don't know if you've ever read or heard about the report from 1988 that NASA put out called the Derivation and Definition of a Linear Aircraft Model. No. Refresh no. my memory. It sounds familiar. 
Um, it's just an article that, or it's more of a um, a paper that was. It's a white paper that was released by NASA in 1988, and it goes through the the, the system requirements basically of a linear um, aircraft flying, a rigid linear aircraft flying, um, and they do all the equations and stuff like that. But in the introduction, this is really in, now. This is not. I could send you the PDF. It's available. It's actually this is from NASA.gov. I'm not. This is in the introduction. This is a second paragraph, first sentence. This report details the development of the linear model of a rigid aircraft of constant mass flying over a flat, non-rotating Earth. I've seen that report. This model consists of a state equation and an observation or measurement equation. So this was fact-checked, right? We Somebody made a video and we shared it and it was fact-checked that it was false. It said that even though that report is real, and that the report does say, yes, the linear models that we use to test is over a flat, non-rotating Earth. But that's just used as a generalization for math equations because to add rotation and sphere and all this other stuff would overcomplicate things. I swear to God, that's what the fact check article said. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. This was a this is a one time one page report that NASA released, correct? Uh, this was 20, 102 pages. Oh, Okay, so whenever you made it sound uh, initially, I thought it was like a memo. No, no, yeah, sorry, it's it's a whole paper. It's a whole paper. Okay, we're talking like professional paper. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. like you've said before, Brian, too, like they don't calculate for curvature when they lay tracks or fiber optic cables. No. Well, fiber. I mean, fiber optic cables. I know that. Uh, I know that. Yeah, it, it, it just they lay it on the ocean floor. I know I know for a fact that if satellites exist, we do not use them for communication because fiber optics is is ninety nine percent of the worldwide communication. Right. Now it's not to say that they don't have something like a satellite that either floats in the air on helium, because NASA is the number one consumer of helium. But this idea that we we we're shooting uh, signals into outer space to hit a fucking satellite to go back down so I can watch porn in high def is dumb. It's <laughs> everything's ran through fiber optics and then it goes downgraded into ethernet uh, copper backbones. But is it that the satellite isn't as efficient or is it that the satellite may or may not be, uh, as easy to protect? For instance, well, a huge bank transaction worth $2 million is going down <laughs> from us to Paris. I don't right. want that going in the satellite. I'd rather go to, uh, you know, I'd rather that be a fax. I'm be honest with you. Uh, well, I would say that, yeah, like from like if I'm a businessman from a business standpoint, I know that it's it's if that technology existed, the at least the way that they say that it does as far as satellites is concerned. Um, I know that it's 100 percent slower, possibly not secure. Right. Because how do you secure a message that's going through ether? I just, I don't see how that's even possible. They're like, hey, don't listen to this shit or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, before I was an electrician, um, I was a low voltage technician and they taught us in school, everything we do, everything, every communication that is done from um, the United States to the Europe to Asia is all done through underwater sea cabling. Now, fiber optics came out in the 60s, which is crazy because it's the speed of light. Now, how does, how does light transmit data and sound and video no fucking clue that's fucking alien technology i have no idea through binary octadecimal or hexadecimal code boom 
Question answered. I don't even know what you just said, but it sounds crazy. There's that six again, hexadecimal, whatever the fuck that means. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All I basically said with fancy words just now is the way that computers communicate with each other using ones and zeros. Ones and zeros is a binary code. You have octadecimal, which breaks down those into more numbers so that you could put more combinations of codes per bit. And then hexadecimal is just, a, it's just different formats. Different companies have their language different ways with their com, uh, computers. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, and and because it's like, it just doesn't make sense. And, and disproving satellites existing the way that they say it that doesn't mean that the earth is flat. It's just like we said, like how many times does NASA have to lie to you about something to, right. before you stop believing them? I, like, I truly believe that NASA is just something that we run like uh, black money through and they do a bunch of shit on their own, you know? Um, that's just why we give them taxes every day. There's absolutely no reason NASA has the amount of funding that they have. Now, back yeah. in the day, all right, the big space race, you got to beat old Russia and all that. Fine, fine. I get the reason for the fat checks. But, bro, what have they contributed in the last 20 years? Like, come on, let's be real. Yeah, here. like what? Yeah, that no, that's a great point because I actually got into a debate with somebody about this on Instagram. And I was like, please name something that NASA has actually done for humanity that's really like helped us leaps and bounds. And he listed a couple things about like uh, some x-ray tech. And I'm like, yeah, but what is what I'm talking about? Like they pluck something out of fucking space and they brought it here and right. we're, we're, you know, you know, curing cancer or something like that. Right. Those are just intelligent people that just so happen to work for NASA that NASA gets the credit for achieving these things versus like if you had a scientist from Duke university created some amazing thing that contributed to society the scientists would get credit for that, but if NASA does it, it's it's NASA doing it. And I just there's nothing like you said. There's nothing that that NASA could even take credit for in the last twenty years. They're like, thank God we went to Mars because now we have even cushier sofas. You know, fuck, I don't know. Right. I mean, that's that's just the fact of the matter. And in my opinion, we need to cut spending where uh, we see no product. You know, that's just me. Shout out Ukraine. So the satellites that. Like, say you have Dish and you're watching TV when it rains or you have really shitty weather, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't you can't watch TV that much. Is that just going through towers or is Mm -hmm. that actually slight the actual what you're believing your satellites pointed up at a certain spot in the sky? Well, clouds wouldn't affect towers. Well, no, that's that's what I'm getting at is like. So how I guess that's a I guess playing devil's advocate a little bit if. Where is that dish that you have on top of your house that you got cinder blocks holding it to your roof? <laughs> where, where is that pointed and why during inclement weather do you have so many problems if it wasn't run off a tower or if it was on a dish that's, you know, geostationary with your house, but not every, but that's the thing. And, and where you have to actually point that dish, you know, does that actually, cause you can, you know, I've never had dishes. dishes always watched, point south. I've watched people like just like sitting on their roof until they, but they, I know they orient them now. Hey man, I was that kid on the roof that had to keep moving that shit. All right. I've been there. Absolutely. You know what always baffled me though, as far as uh, that whole satellite, how that, how that all really works. So I have um, Sirius XM radio in my car. Okay. Right. And literally anytime if I park, under the awning, dude. If I, yeah, any awning, any, any, like under the, in, under the gas station. I go awning, to Chick Fil A, right? my music cuts off. It's gone. Me off, man. It's gone, right? So 
I don't know, dude. How strong are satellites if they can't fucking read through an awning of a gas station, but we can rely on them bringing back information that are thousands of light years away? But somehow, inside of a concrete building at work, I have LTE. Right. right. Yeah. See, this is what's really interesting. And in, in, um, in my book, I kind of talk about this a little bit because it's a it's an interesting topic. And and, and, and radio waves are, are, are an interesting one in itself. Like FM and AM operate differently. Right. Jeez, and then you have radios are also fascinating to go down and hams. Yeah. Yeah. Shortwave hams. And like and it's very interesting because what I do know about satellites, because we don't uh, we don't have TV at our house. But uh, there was a time, especially in the late 90s, when it got real big in the early 2000s, everybody had satellite TV. And it wasn't until uh, I listened to a couple debates about this that it was brought to my attention that all satellite dishes, as far as like satellite TV is concerned, every single one of them points south. Now, I don't know if that's uh, where the repeating tower is or whatever. What I do know is that uh, if you have satellite, because we've we've had it and we've canceled it, the only thing they take out of your house is the box. And the box is hooked up to a copper cable, right? Your coax cable. In the your wall, coax right? cable. They yeah. take the box, leave the dish that communicates with outer space. Leave that. We don't need that fucking shit. <laughs> we just need the box that's connected to the copper cable, right? Because that's where they put the card and they have all the security codes and shit on there. And uh, I believe that they bring the signal in, right, through the copper cable, through the box, which has a specific security code, kind of like an IP address almost. And then the dish is a signal booster. So if the signal booster is ever disrupted, you'll lose TV stations, generally with weather. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I can't say I remember losing um, television when it would rain when we had dish. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Um, but it's like, if you look at like 5G, right? Mm-hmm. They got a fucking tower every like 10 feet or whatever. Every like like 100 miles or 50 miles or whatever. It's like, it's not because it's, it's strong for a short distance. Right, which is why they have to have so many repeaters. I mean, the same thing goes for fiber optics. But um, I just always thought it was very interesting that like the the piece of equipment that communicates with a with a geo locked satellite in outer space, they leave attached to my roof with fucking holes in my roof. But then they just take the box that's that's connected to a copper cable. I just found it, you know. I mean, again, I don't. This doesn't prove that the Earth is flat. I just I think it discredits the argument of satellites. I'm with you. And then I also want to, I think back in like the 90s, right, in the early 2000s, when the, the dish network was all we had, yeah, the, the, the satellite dishes were ass. This was the first pyramid <laughs> scheme satellite thing that we had going down. You know what I mean? And I want to say since then, satellite technology has gotten better, or has it not? I, I haven't had one since like NOM. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I truly don't know. I think everything's just, because everything's now they're running fiber in your, I mean, we have fiber in our house. They're running fiber into your house. So that's true. Everybody's just got, we don't need dish because we have the streaming networks and a Roku or a fire stick and we're Gucci. So and that's all fucking hardwired too. Yep. Uh, big country. What was the one thing that really sold you on flat earth? Like I know that, you know, a lot of flat earthers, we see like a, uh, a big group of so many different things on flat earth, but was there mm-hmm. one thing that you just saw and you were like, holy shit, that's it. Yeah, I guess if I could pinpoint it onto one thing, because when I first, it took me six years of, of doing research before I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm a dun 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 flat earther, you know, <laughs> um, and and the very early stuff was like circumstantial, you know, like yeah, it is kind of weird that I can see too far, or it is kind of weird, you know, these things. Um, the one thing that that solidified it for me 
um, was the gas pressure without a container argument. Um, and uh, this is kind of another popular one in the, the realms of flat earth discussion, but it basically says that we breathe pressurized gas on earth, obviously oxygen. Jacob, right. I know you brought that up earlier. And because of entropy, right, gas dissipates in all directions almost instantaneously. And the higher you go up, the gas gets less and less and less. Why you go up to Everest, you got to have oxygen tanks and all that stuff. It's hard to breathe. And then eventually there is nothing to breathe, right? Now we know through gas law that that is a violation. Gas doesn't do that. It has to be physically contained somewhere, somehow. And I was looking at this argument and thinking, well, all this other circumstantial about circumstantial evidence about flat Earth is 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 intriguing at at most, and I was already kind of leaning into flat Earth. But when I saw them try to counter this argument, I saw somebody try to do an experiment where they tried to pressurize gas without using a container, and they used a container and had the top open, so they would pressurize the gas on the bottom with heat, mm-hmm. and it would rise and dissipate and expand, like gas law says it will. And I was like, oh, you, you can't actually recreate what you say is happening around us. As in, if your claim is that gravity pressurizes the gas that we breathe, I need you to use a scientific method to test that. And that test is not recreatable. Okay, the fact that we right now have 14.696 pounds of pressure on us at sea level, and what that is by definition is literally every single... Oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide, argon, all the gases, molecules stacked on top of each other from the top of our head all the way to the tippy top of the atmosphere. When mm-hmm. you do that math, that comes out to 14.696, which is a comparable. We can we can look at it right now on a barometer. We can look at it on any kind of scale you want, and that's the fact. So, okay, what does it I'm, – I'm, I guess I'm kind of missing your question here. The point of our gas is pressurized and contained. What is the container? Mass of the air itself. And then I also believe that gravity plays a factor in that as well, because mass and gravity and mass and weight are directly related. Right. But you have to be able to recreate that if that's your hypothesis. Uh, okay. So, so pressurized gas without using a, a physical container using only gravity. It's impossible. We don't have a container large enough to conduct that experiment. So then you have to throw out your hypothesis. That's a requirement of the scientific method. Okay. So what could possibly be holding it in? What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? A physical barrier of some sort. And that's the space race? Trying to break through it? I think that's what Project Dominic was. I think that's what Project Dominic was under yeah. Operation Fishbowl, right? Fishbowl of the Lord. But um, yeah, I think that there is a physical barrier. That, that is actually containing the gas. Of course, at the very top, wherever that may be, it's probably so thin that that we would need some type of apparatus to breathe. Um, but yeah, there, the, in, in, in accordance with gas law, there has to be a container. You can't pressurize gas without a container. And as a matter of fact, the, um, the zero gravity, zero um, pressure system that NASA tests on has like eight foot thick concrete walls. Well, there's your container. So the only way to recreate the environment of space is to contain it somehow. There's no way to recreate what I just explained as far as why we have that kind of pressure on us. We don't have a container that we could build on this earth large enough to recreate the earth to test this theory. That doesn't mean that it's not true. It's that we don't have the capabilities of testing it. Or, or, and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying, or that, or 
the the theory that the containment or the or the theory that the pressure is from gravity is a bad theory or the theory that it's from the atoms themselves and their mass i mean i i i'm not saying that that's not a possibility that's by any means I, now i do believe that their mass is related to their weight which in turn is related to their gravity however i'm not saying specifically that gravity is the one that's doing the pressure as far as our atmospheric pressure I, right and, and i don't want to put words in your mouth because you're not saying that i'm just saying that that is the general argument from heliocentrists that is an excellent counterpoint well could this could this work on both models again just just to play devil's advocate like it could work on the flat model with the firmament acting as the top of the container, or it could work on the globe with the just atmospheric pressure being the top of the container. That very well may be the case. Or spaces in what we say, or spaces in what we think it is. Right. It could be a whole nother. I think we mentioned this on the, the first go around when we, when we tried to do this episode was there are different densities of water. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go underwater, there are rivers that actually, you know, flow from on like the surface underneath a couple feet up. And there's even accounts of people who aren't even, you're not even able to penetrate some of those waters. So if space might not be a cold void vacuum, could it just be a denser type of gas fluid that we can't penetrate? And then I guess, hypothetically, you would have your container. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Sure. I tell you what got me. What got me was, it was the fact that, you know, you look at old encyclopedias and old encyclopedias, everybody always looked towards them as like, okay, you want source, dude, the the encyclopedia was the internet before the fucking internet. That's right. (laughs) And so like, so that's where you would, that's where, yes. And that's where you would go for any kind of specific information. Mm -hmm. And we all, we know about project paperclip and, you know, NASA was formed in the sixties and all that fun shit. Right. Well, if you go back to 1958 and you look at both encyclopedias, not only the Britannica, but the Americana, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They both say that we are on a fucking flat motion, motionless plane. Yeah. Both with a dome. And they even give measurements. They give measurements for the dome. I think at like the like closest point, I mean, maybe in like Australia or something. Don't they give a measurement? I feel like I've seen that before. I think it was in um, Antarctica, actually. Oh, sorry, Antarctica. I I, and I, could, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. I think you're right. Well, which brings up. me to why I was going to bring up Antarctica again. Just because, you know, why then, if, if the globe is true, and we have a North Pole and a South Pole, as they say, why do compasses always point north, even if you're in the Southern Hemisphere? Wouldn't the South Pole be closer to you and have more pull? Because of magnetism at the North Pole. At least that's what... My science tells me. Right. That's what science tells you. But maybe because there is no South Pole. Maybe because it's just, it's the ice ring. Antarctica is not a physical continent. It's an ice ring containing the waters. And then there's the lands beyond that. True. I mean, uh, I've always believed in the theory that um, the Earth actually has its own charge. And I think this kind of plays into gravity a little bit. Um, And there's... There's all thing. There's all kinds of, of tests I've seen, experiments that have been done. I don't. I don't know if there's necessarily an uh, exclusive or inclusive answer um, to that, but I believe that the Earth has a charge, right? I mean, you, I mean, you you know that like electricity wants to go to ground. It's the path of least resistance. And what if we are a, a similar charge uh, to electricity or the electricity around us, which is why we're always 
on the ground, um, which is why they say like, you know, walking outside barefoot is so good for your body. Um, I've seen this guy that, that they ran an experiment on a hundred people where they took uh, a copper wire and they stuck it to a ground rod uh, and they ran it into their house and they, they taped it to their mattress with like an, a metallic or an aluminum tape. And for, they did this for, for, um, 36, 90 days. And they were reported, they were getting reports. You can't say cure, right? Cause it's illegal. Uh, but they were getting reports of cures for ailments like arthritis, uh, migraines, headaches, bloating, uh, menstrual cramps for women. Um, and uh, I, I think that's an interesting thing to examine in the future. And I know a lot of people that are in the flat earth community are doing some kind of experiments like that, especially Jacob to the question of gravity. What if gravity is the effect, but it's not the cause. So what's the cause of this 9.82 meter squared, 9.82 well, meters squared or something like that. I hear you. And I've also heard this, this uh, theory that, the reason why we are hailed to the ground is because the earth is negatively charged and the air is positively charged. So opposites attract and boom, that's what's holding us down, except that none of that's actually true. Um, and, and right. Cause you're an electrician. You understand ground is ground is ground. And then his big argument was, well, then how do they have electricity on the space station when they don't have a ground up there? And I'm like, because you do step down transformers until it's so little that they can't hurt you and, or use a floating ground which then I had to explain what a floating ground is, which you actually may or may not have ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. nowadays they use tiebreakers, but I've, I work with old shit. So we have a floating ground to half my facility. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but a floating ground is just like a, it's just a, a neutral, right? No, dude. We have 480 on two legs and like 270 on the third leg. The only way we can get a clean 480 out of it is stepping it through a transformer first. And they used to use that back in the days in the substations in place of a tiebreaker before they came out with that. So what what do they use to correct the sine wave? Basically the transformer. Oh, uh, okay. See, this is what's really interesting is because, and as a matter of fact, I believe it was your show that was talking about that. And I think Dave, Flat Earth yes, Dave, was the right. one that brought up. The conversation with Dave, yes. Solar panels, right? That yes. He said that solar panels don't work. So what now, that is an interesting question because... I've been trying to find that answer myself. Like what happens if you don't ground a solar panel because you're going from DC and then trying to convert it to AC. Well, I mean, what will happen is eventually it'll go to shit. Like the, the internal electronics will eventually just completely corrode, but yeah, you have yeah. to ground your circuits and that's understood. We've, we've known that for a very, very long time. And unfortunately to Dave Weiss's point, and I'm again, Dave, if you're listening to this, I'm not throwing shade brother, much love and respect always, but the earth is not a negatively charged body. It is a sure. ground. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. No, I, I, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I would also say too, that like to, to, to blanket that statement coming from somebody in the industry that works with electricity, just to say that, Oh, earth's negative. We're positive. Boom, bang, bang. That's, there's so much more to it. And that's back to the, like, we don't even know what fucking electricity is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I like yeah. how you said gravity is more or less a reaction. Okay, and it's not necessarily a source. I'm in a full agreement with you on that. Yeah. And like you said uh, earlier, there is no experiment where we have two masses on Earth that attract towards each other because of their inherent mass and gravity. You're correct. And again, I think that this is an experiment that we cannot recreate on this playing field, at least not to the scale that it re would require to make sense that we could. Like, yeah. Refer. Right. 
Yeah, I actually had that discussion with somebody who was like a heliocentrist, and I said, and he brought up mass versus mass, mass attracting mass, right? Not versus mass, mass attracting mass. And I said, can you give me an example of mass attracting mass on Earth? And he's like, dude, have you ever heard of Venus and Mars? And I was like, wait, so your answer to the question is a place you've never been? And and you know what, man? And I want to say that this is a really great thing because um, – and my co- unfortunately, my co-host isn't here. Boy, I know he's in the other group that they do. But um, he's like, I'm not married to the ball. I also don't care if it's flat or if it's triangular or if it's shaped like a, like an Illuminati you know, scrotum or whatever. Because exactly. like, he's already in the fight with us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he goes, I will say that like every time I've ever offered a debate to somebody to come on the show, no one's ever taken the – they always come up with like, why would I ever waste my time with something so stupid as the earth being flat? And then generally it's resorted to like ad hominem They call me stupid. They say I'm dumb. Right. Um, and I think that you just lose so much of your audience when you're trying to have a discussion about it. So I really appreciate having a healthy discussion like this and going back and forth. Like, because at no point was I like ever thinking like, God, Jacob's such a fucking retard. Jesus Christ. What do you mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's dumb. And I think this is a great idea. And to, hats off to Dave, man. This is a great idea. Hell yeah. It was something we talked about previously, too, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it, that all of the stuff that you talk about, whether you're in the globe theory or you're in the flat theory, there's the one common thread that everybody gets to is lies and suppression. And whether no matter the, no matter the shape, you have two communities. I mean, you could say it's left and right. It's black and white. You know, you have some people, you have the offies, like I think like myself, where you're kind of in that gray area where you're like, I, I don't know where to leave. I'm looking this way. I'm looking. And, but it's healthier to have the conversations about these topics because there's hundreds of other topics you can have conversations on where you might not agree, but everybody agrees on one thing. NASA's full of shit. There's a lot of suspicious stuff and resorting to name calling and berating each other, whether it's through email or people signing off in the middle of a conversation no matter what your stance is, is completely counterproductive to the cause of the exact point of the conversation. And there's a lot of topics like that. Flat Earth, unfortunately, seems to be at the pinnacle of that of that topic where literally, like you said, whether you're a scientist or just somebody who's interested in the topic, people will not debate it to where you're not going to have an argument. And there are episodes from other shows where you they have a a pretty good conversation but generally there's a lot of arguing and it's not just smooth kind of like what we've been doing for the last hour and a half so i think it's really good for all of us to be talking about this no matter what your stance is is everybody believes that somebody's full of shit and i think we all can conclude that we probably all don't know whether the shape is, but there's evidence on either side that people agree with. And that's a starting. I like what you said though, man, it's true. Everybody doesn't matter what you call yourself. Let me ask you one question. Do you trust the government? No, no one at all says yes to that. So it doesn't matter from that point. We can agree from this point. Everything else is just gravy. We'll figure that shit out later. We can agree on one principle. You know what I'm saying? That being said, with the flat earth community, man, and again, this is coming from a from a, a, a spearhead, whatever. Um, the problem that I have is the same problem that I have with vegans and yeah. crossfitters. <laughs> <laughs> is that they can't go 
five minutes without mentioning the fact that there's something about flat earth. And it's like, bro, mm. like no one even asked you. I just sat down, man. <laughs> That's why flat earthers get so much hate, in my opinion, anyway. But I really do enjoy these respectful debates, this open dialogue. We all learned some shit today, I would like to think. Yeah. Yeah, really? absolutely. And I agree with that, Jacob. Like, uh, I know, I think, uh, Dave, I think your counterpart said that, like, that flat earth is a, sci a psychological operation of, of some sort. And I guess, like, everything you do could potentially be a psyop of some sort. And I guess it just depends on how it actually affects you, right? Like, I've been in this particular topic personally for seven eight years now and i don't and maybe when i first found out about it i was like listen motherfucker they're fucking lying to us you know i was like alex jones but for flat earth but now like it's i think it only it, it, it's only that if if you'd let it be that for you right because i know for a fact that flat earth society is a bunch of bullshit and most people, like you said, when you asked, does anybody trust the government? Most people, if not all that we know, at least would say, no, we don't trust the government. And I know in 2016, the third most searched topic besides um, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton was flat earth. There's a very specific reason, in my opinion, as to why Barack Obama during a speech said, we don't have time for the flat earth society, mm. probably because the layman had no idea what that was went to the Flat Earth Society and read an article about how they think that the Earth is a fucking donut. So they, so then they went, um, never mind. This is obviously we don't have time for this. This is so stupid. People believe that. So, I mean, you know, does that prove the Earth is flat? No, but it, but it, but it does prove, I think that, um, I think not just with Flat Earth, with everything, especially right now, it's going crazy. I think they censor things on purpose that they don't want you to see. Now, that doesn't mean that it's true or not true, but there's a reason they don't want you to see it. Maybe it's just because when you start looking at something from a different angle, it opens up your third eye a little bit more. You start asking more questions about other things that they thought that they had you locked into. Um, you know, I mean, it wasn't until uh, two years ago before I even started looking at germ theory or versus terrain theory and all that stuff. It changed my whole life and, and learning more about that. So um, I think everything can be a distraction. It just depends on how much it distracts you personally. But yeah, I think this, this was, this was fun. I think we'll actually probably do another set of these probably in a couple months. I know I was talking to Mike about it, so we can either continue this or do a whole different topic. We can mix it up, shake it up uh, with new people in different groups. Uh, I do know that at some point very soon, all 12 of us are going to be doing one episode together. So that's going to be psychotic if that even works. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is awesome. And I really hope that anybody that is listening, whether you're a fan of either show, that stop calling each other idiots over stuff and and kind of you know, it's it's like my red is not your red, but we might it's still red. So, you know. But yeah, I think this is fun. Uh so Everybody's still firm on their stance. We haven't moved over to be global, global people. I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody's minds was changed today by any means. But I would like to say that I have seen this through other people's perspectives, and I would say that I'm better for the experience, and that's a win. Likewise, good sir. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Because you're the one who's kind of more on the fence. <laughs> I guess I'm playing Russian roulette. You know, that's I think that's the hard the hard part is to 
understand where certain sides are coming from, where the perspective of what you're seeing and then what you're actually taught too. So, you know, me having telescopes and having to do all the math to, to find things and, you know, triangulate planets or certain stars, constellations, maybe even uh, galaxies in those viewfinders. One thing that I think still has not swayed me is like, what is it? I do think it's super intriguing about the whole, it's just far away lights for different worlds. But then that would imply that we are on a much larger system and everything in that system could possibly have an independent dome, which is a really interesting, like, like a giant, giant ball and just little, little domes on it. Before we go, guys, uh, we'll start with Teresa again. Let everybody know that doesn't know your show, where they can find you, what you got going on, new episodes. Yeah, well, thank you again for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it, and it was great to hear everyone's perspective. I admire all of you, so thank you. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear more from me, please check out the Spiritual Gangsters podcast. It is always great chats for the awake and aware crowd. Um, and you can also find me co-hosting on the NY Patriot show and the odd time on the occult rejects as well, obviously on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. And now we just started a bit shoot cause I got my second strike on YouTube. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're all there and I'm the most active on Instagram. If anyone wants to connect that way, uh, big country from the whiskey, beer and conspiracy podcast. Uh, we're on all podcasting platforms. Um, we are banned on YouTube, so we are on Rockfin. Uh, we have a Rumble because it's free. I know Rumble's like, oh, Trump is the best, but um, it's just free, guys. Relax. Um, we do a show every week. Um, yeah, man, this has been great. I'd love to do it again and um, have some fun. And uh, yeah, we just want to say thank you guys for for having. I think that you know more people that are opening up to either idea whether it is flat or round i mean this was a conversation that anybody could probably listen to and and jive with a little bit yeah. and we already kind of gave ourselves a shameless plug in the beginning but I'm yeah gonna... but yeah we are the cult of conspiracy podcast you can find us on all podcast platforms platforms everywhere we're also on rockfin rockfin.com slash cult of conspiracy and uh instagram tiktok i forgot to mention we are we're also on truth social only because i find it hilarious um and uh yeah that's about it very good again declassified dave you can find us as well on all social media platforms you can find us on any listening platform we do have a rock fin as well all our links are on our website www.hushhushsociety.com one-stop shop you know so but yeah again thank you guys all for for coming on hopefully we can do this again soon and uh thanks everybody for listening <laughs>